Well, all right. Usually on Fridays, we say it's been a great weekend. Go and enjoy the weekend. You worked hard for it. But this time, we've come to the end of an entire year. And a year that I think there's not many people that are going to be sad to see it go. It seems like ever since March came around and then we had the biggest lie of the year, 15 days to slow the spread, ever since then it's been like every single day has sort of been the same. You, you, we had quarantine, we had lockdowns and shutdowns and you know, every other thing that we've been thrown this year all in the middle of a presidential election campaign and then we have you know mail-in voting and donald trump winning on election night and then all of a sudden here come all these magical mail-in ballots and then we're supposed to believe that joseph robin you biden gets 80 million americans to say yeah you know what i think i'm gonna vote for that dementia ridden old stupid man and this is basically where we've come to now before I get started with the news, I want to just say uh, on a personal note, I started this show this year and, and, and basically because it is my dream to be a talk radio host. I love talk radio. I love sitting in front of this microphone and talking to you and giving you the news of the day, giving you my opinion on it. I have loved every single minute of it. And if you've listened to one minute or one episode or many different episodes i just, i cannot thank you enough from the very bottom of my heart thank you so very much for listening to uh what i have to say uh so that being said as we get, uh, come to a close of 2020 it's more or less not 15 days to slow the spread we're getting into 15 months to slow the spread i've been working on that all day i had to get that in there so anyway that being said Let's get into some of the news of the day. Senator Josh Hawley, ever since he got into the U.S. Senate, he has been fantastic. That continued today. Quote, millions of voters concerned about election integrity deserve to be heard. I will object on January 6th on their behalf. Now, this is what we needed. We have plenty of different uh, Congress people saying that they're going to object to the votes. Now we have a sitting U.S. Senator saying that they are going to object as well. My credit to Josh Hawley. Thank you so much to Senator Josh Hawley. He says, quote, I cannot vote to certify the Electoral College results on January 6th without raising the fact that some states, particularly Pennsylvania, failed to follow their own state election laws. He continues to give his reasons and said, for all of that, I will follow the same practice Democrat members of Congress have in years past and object during the certification process on January 6th to raise these critical issues. So absolutely fantastic, great news for 74 million Americans. Now, also in the Senate today, uh, Washington Examiner, Senate advances override of Trump's defense bill veto now remember as far as the uh defense bill goes the president said he is going to veto it he did veto it if section 230 repealing that is not in there guess what it wasn't in there so guess what he did vetoed it you know can you believe that the president coming through with uh you know making a promise and then coming through and fulfilling it the senate wednesday took a step 
toward overriding President Trump's veto of a critical defense spending and policy bill. Lawmakers voted to advance Trump's veto message to the Senate floor, setting up a final vote on New Year's Eve that will likely override the president for the first time in his tenure. Obviously, that is going to come tomorrow. Uh, Congress convened this week for an unusual post-Christmas session uh, in order to address Trump's veto of the National Defense Authorization Act. Uh, Republicans largely agree with Trump that uh, the liability shield, Section 230, should be eliminated or reformed, but they don't want it tangled up in a defense bill, which is considered, quote, must pass legislation each year. Now, on top of that, the Senate Majority Leader, Mitch McConnell, who every every day that goes by, I'm losing patience more and more with him. He says, quote, as far as a a standalone $2,000 stimulus bill, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell says that there is, quote, no realistic path. Uh, He was getting um, quite angry, actually, with, well, angry, I guess would probably be an overstatement. Uh, McConnell's always got a a calm sort of mood to him, a relaxing kind of voice. Um, He said, I'll tell you how he says, now, our colleague from Vermont, and just like that, like Grim Reaper, remember he said he's the Grim Reaper of when things come to the Senate he doesn't like? I mean, my goodness. Anyways, he says, quote, now our colleague from Vermont is again putting political stunts before the needs of our men and women in uniform. Our colleague says he will slow down this vital bill unless he gets to muscle through another standalone proposal from Speaker Pelosi that would add roughly half a trillion dollars to the national debt. Now, that quote sort of um, took me by surprise because Republicans and Democrats have both sort of forgotten about the national debt, and we don't even hear it talked about anymore. It was such an issue. Republicans used to make it an issue. It seems like McConnell's the only one addressing it. Now, from a conservative standpoint, I appreciate him doing that. Uh, And then um, as far as, you know, getting a bill done, he says the Senate will stay on this important bill until we uh, complete it. Now, uh, Pat uh, Toomey, the senator from Pennsylvania, um, saying, quote, I want to get his quote in there, too. Uh, We know for a fact that a large majority of those checks are going to go to people who had no lost income. So he's against it uh, as well. And, yeah, we'll see what goes on in the Senate. But basically, that's where we're at right now. Senator Josh Hawley, I have to mention him again because I appreciate the work he's doing. The Senate needs to vote on a $2,000 COVID relief for working people before the new year. I will continue to object to votes on the bad defense bill until we do. So basically what I'm sort of seeing happen in the Senate is Josh Hawley is a, a great representation of the president that yeah, and, and now making it public that he wants to get what's best for the American people passed. Whereas Mitch McConnell, I, I don't even know his strategy anymore. You, you, know, you tie Mitch McConnell to the deep state and the Washington, D.C. swamp establishment, and it's hard to defend him in that regard because Mitch McConnell has been there. You know, they, they call him uh, the turtle. I'm pretty sure it's the turtle that lives for like 80 to 100 years or something large like that. It might be a tortoise as well, but either way, it looks like a turtle. Uh, Rush Limbaugh has uh, accordingly nicknamed him as such, and it seems like he's been in the Senate for that long. So honestly, I, I, I can't defend Mitch McConnell here. I, I think it's great that he's at least um, bringing up and has some concern 
over the national debt. But besides that, it, it just seems like he's lost strategy completely and that it, it almost seems like he's desperate to make sure that Biden is elected. Joe Biden, who served in the Senate with Mitch McConnell, knows Mitch McConnell. I think he's going to be good to Mitch McConnell because I do. You know, it's time for the Senate Majority Leader to take a step back, give the leadership as it deserves, as it should be given to the president. Lead, let the president lead, just follow behind. I don't understand why it's that hard. But when there's power involved, people do funny things. Uh, more uh, news of the day. We have uh, Martin Luther King's niece rejecting Raphael Warnock's claim to, quote, King family legacy. That was uh, Ebenezer Baptist Church. Obviously, Reverend Raphael Warnock has played up his connection to the Georgia Senate campaign trail to Reverend Martin Luther King Jr. But Alveda King, niece of uh, Martin Luther King Jr., is having none of it. This is in the Washington Examiner, the citation. Miss King, an evangelist, a pro-life leader, and the niece of the civil rights icon, has challenged Mr. Warnock's claim to the King mantle. Quote, you're not going to pretend that the King family legacy is the same thing as what you're promoting. Pretty powerful stuff. If you're a pastor, you must stand for Christian values first and foremost. So politics cannot supersede what the Holy Bible says. I'm very convinced that he's manipulating his pulpit, the Bible, and everything else. That's pretty harsh stuff for Martin Luther King Jr.'s niece uh, when you know talking about the uh, the Reverend Raphael Warnock. Now he's in a little bit of hot water. A uh, newly resurfaced uh, video came out today. So basically, what he was doing, and Fox News is a citation. You want to read it for yourself? He was defending Jeremiah Wright. Now remember Jeremiah Wright. GD America, not of course, God bless America, why would he say that? And after 9-11 saying that America's chickens coming home to roost. Well, with that sermon that he gave when he was saying GD America, Raphael Warnock said, quote, Jeremiah Wright, whose sermon, by the way, if you haven't read the whole thing, is a very thoughtful and insightful piece on the relationship between God and government. Now, we know how Raphael Warnock feels about God and the military. You know, according to him, you can't serve both. This guy, way, way too radical for Georgia. Remember his, uh, I believe it's his ex-wife now, in the video that was on uh, Tucker Carlson's show where he supposedly ran over her foot and she said, you know, this man is running for the United States Senate. And he's a great actor. I know the real him. Well, it, go figure, Democrat politician. Obviously, we all know how they really, truly are. I don't care about America. This guy, Raphael Warnock, doesn't care about the country. You think John Ossoff does either? Ossoff cares more about China. Now, anyway, he continues. It's a piece that I would situ, uh, situate in a uh, continuum with St. Augustine's City of God and Martin Luther's Temple Authority and to what extent it should be obeyed. Yeah, you know, it's like, I think it's, quote, Christian preaching at its best. I, it, it's amazing that he would even try to defend that. And by the way, the clip was um, posted to YouTube by the Black Church Center for Justice and Equality uh, in 2014, if you uh, believe I'm lying to you, but I try, uh, yeah, I don't lie to you, the American people. That's not my thing. I don't do that. We're not the mainstream corrupt, dishonest media here on this program. 
in other news, you got uh, in Argentina. Now, this, to me, as a pro-life man, because I believe that simply when it comes down to it, the choice between life or death, I have a, a opinion that when that life is the greatest thing that you can give to someone. And as long as, listen, as long as you're living or you're here, no matter how bad things can get, things can always get better. I, I always say have faith and be a good person and good things will happen to you. Well, this is just disturbing. In Argentina, after the country Senate voted to legalize elective abortion, becoming the largest country in Latin America to do so, you had all these women celebrating and jumping up and down as if Argentina had just won a World Cup. And I, I just watched it and I'm like, these are women that are celebrating killing babies. Think about that. How inhumane truly is that? And by the way, a lot of them real didn't look pregnant to me if you watch some of the videos and look like little liberal weirdo whack jobs. Just completely and utterly disgusting. And how does the left get people to talk about abortion so much and say that abortion is such a good thing? Well, they always toss it up as though it's about women's reproductive rights. Well, is there are there no rights given to the unborn? Does that not matter to the Democrat Party? You know, does it is it okay if you're staring at a woman? Yeah, uh, it, abortion's fine. It's your reproductive right. You don't have to look at a baby and say, hey, guess what? We're going to kill you now. I, it's, it really, honestly, truly disturbs me. It's so incredibly disgusting. Life is the greatest thing in the world. To see that just, I don't know. I, I, I couldn't stand watching it. Um, now, I want to sort of give you... Um, more of the news, the president today tweeting, the United States had more votes than it had people voting by a lot. This travesty cannot be allowed to stand. It was a rigged election, one not even fit for third world countries. And then I sort of want to finish my last news piece of the day, the president's tweet, just simply saying, January 6th, see you in D.C. So, that being said, there's the you know sort of a roundup of the news of the day, and I wanted to sort of do I don't know if it'd be a whole year in review. You know, I want to you know, we all want to get to the new year and get to New Year's Eve tomorrow and have an incredible time, um, then get into 2021. But just quickly, I wanted to say that the president saying January 6th, January 6th is a massive day for this country. We'll see if Congress has the guts to stand up and do what's right. You can't have millions and millions of mail-in ballots come in in the middle of the night, have suitcases being brought from underneath a table and there's perfectly folded ballots in there, and then say that it wasn't a fraudulent election. Fraud occurred. We have testimony. We have affidavits. We have witnesses all stating that bad things happened on election night. It cannot be allowed to stand that Joe Biden steals the presidency in this way and incorporating, of course, the entire Democratic uh, Democrat Party with that.
But before January 6th, January 5th, I, it, it is next Tuesday. The Georgia Senate runoff races are so incredibly big for our country. I mean, if you're a voter in Georgia, take a good look you know, over the uh, New Year's break. I, I guess you got tomorrow obviously being um, New Year's Eve, New Year's Day on Friday. Then we go into the weekend. Please, I mean, vote like the country depends on it because it does. The Electoral College is going away if Warnock and Ossoff somehow win the Georgia Senate races. The uh, you get uh, the legislative filibuster in the Senate gone. See you later. D.C., Puerto Rico, those will be states, meaning four more Democratic senators. And then on top of that, uh, you're going to have a Supreme Court not made up of nine anymore be 13, 15, as long as the Democrats can get their majority. So think about that. The Democrats will literally change our country so that they can have power. Republicans have power right now in the Senate. And what are they doing with it? What they always do, being weak, being cowards, doing nothing. They have yet to understand that we are in a war. So January 5th, January 6th, Buckle up. It is coming quick. We are going to be in for a fight. Now, I want to speak to the 74 million Americans that voted for the president. It's been a tough year for us all around with COVID and, you know, the shutdowns, as I previously mentioned. But election night, I don't know if anyone could have predicted how low the Democrat Party would go to get power. You know, faking voters and having the dead vote, having people voting twice and people who want to vote on election day that said, oh, you've already voted. I, it's so incredibly disturbing and disgusting. And we, the 74 million Americans that voted for Donald Trump, 2020 has been a very revealing year. You understand now that we have a lot of people opposing us. A lot, we have 74 million strong, but who is against us? Well, the Democrat Party. The Democrat Party liberals will always be against conservatism and the conservative movement. And that's because of power and authority that they need to have. They need to be able to tell you, I know better than you. I'm right. You're wrong. They need to have that in their lives. Says a lot more about them than it does about us. Now, on top of that, you have the mainstream media, the pathological, prolific, pathetic liars in our mainstream media, the PPP media, as they're called on this program. They are They can't stand when we have an opinion on things, when we freely think and have great, tremendous ideas. Who could oppose less taxes? How could you oppose keeping your money after you're working hard for it? How could you oppose having less government involvement in your life? How could you oppose having liberty, having freedom, having the right to do whatever you want to do and be able to succeed in the greatest country in the world, the United States of America? Us 74 million people get that and understand that. On top of those forces, we have a never, we have a never Trump 
Republican sort of party forming now. That is a D.C. swamp establishment, and they are committed to that and only that. They don't care that we finally had a person who accomplished so many different things. And I was thinking about it. Should I go through with the president's account? We've gone through it before, the lowest unemployment rates for all different demographics all throughout the country and the peace deals in the Middle East and a deal with China and a deal with Japan and the USMCA renegotiating NAFTA into that. You know, there's so many different things that the president um, has well and truly done. He stood up to North Korea, three Supreme Court justices. It's been an incredible uh, first term for Donald Trump. And listen, I still believe that he's going to get a second term. I really, truly believe that. January 6th will be a big day for that. But anyway, so my message that I want to leave you with as we enter the new year is think about all those forces that are opposing us. We need to stick together. Conservatism is efficient. Conservatism works. And everyone opposing it and opposing the ideas and the policies that we want implemented those are the people that have to take a good long look at themselves and really think wow is it power that i want or do i want people to have power but us there's listen there is nothing wrong with the 74 million americans that voted for donald trump and like i said buckle up folks we are going to be in a fight a dog fight a fight for our country come uh 2021 and uh i wish i hope that everyone who's listened to this program again i i really truthfully want to say from the bottom of my heart thank you so very much for making this first year of the philip ward show an incredible experience for me i really truly appreciate it um like i said even if you listen for a minute or on an episode or you know many different episodes i cannot thank you um enough so on that note, it's see you later 2020 and we'll leave that year behind us. And as we go into 2021, I want to wish everyone a very happy and healthy new year. Again, buckle up. We're going to be in a fight in 2021, but we stick together. The goal is still there. Make America great again. Again, we're not attached to just one politician, but we're attached to our ideas. Conservatism. It works. That's what unifies us. That's what brings us together. It brings success. Donald Trump, unity through success. That's what we have. 74 million Americans have unity because we had success with conservatism. Keep the faith. January 6th, we'll see what Congress does. We'll get back to it on Monday. But for that, you know, enjoy new year's eve tomorrow uh you know be safe might as well say you know be safe and uh be smart you know if you got a list if you got an uber somewhere uber you know don't drink and drive and all that good stuff and my goodness i'm starting to sound like an adult here now you know geez at, at the ripe old age of 25 years old anyway that being said yet again thank you so much for making the philip ward show's first year an incredible success i will see you back here in 2021 Thank you so much, and I wish you all a very happy and healthy New Year.